Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play JR the Crooked. Tio. Hi, I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. And Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. Last time, the three of you landed in the third theater of Otherware, but you quickly realized that you didn't quite arrive together. Alvin, you found yourself in a dark pantry filled with oversized barrels of delicious-smelling provisions. You were not alone, however. Moriarty made the journey with you from Grimsby Manor. After a brief skirmish where he tried to steal your disguise, the two of you entered a temporary truce as you evaded the probing eye of the house's resident cyclops. After escaping the giant home, you made your way to a nearby village where its docile inhabitants were gathered for the most mellow festival you had ever witnessed. You discovered they were feasting on lotus fruit and politely declined their offer of a free lunch. With no idea where your companions were, you opted to make for the exit to the next theater, absconding to the sea on a small boat. Constance and JR, you found yourselves aboard an archaic wooden vessel in the midst of a terrible storm. As the two of you got your bearings, you noticed a man tied to the mast of the ship. Realizing the danger, you had just enough time to prepare before being assailed by the beautiful music and sharp talons of a flock of sirens. JR used her key to clip the creature's wings, allowing the crew to make quick work of them. In the aftermath, the two of you were approached by a pair of fierce-looking soldiers, one of whom bore a striking resemblance to Constance. After some friendly banter and careful probing, she revealed herself to be none other than Constance's long-lost aunt, Georgiana. Before we jump into this scene, Alvin, you leveled up last time. Correct. I rolled poorly. You did. Do you know what advancement you're going to take? Yeah, so it's a simple one. It's just a plus one to any rating, this time with a max of plus three. So I'm going to apply that plus one to tough. Jeez. <laughs> so, I now have, <laughs> so now I have three tough also. Oh, oh my gosh. God. You are the my toughest God. boy. All right. Let's get to it. We're going to pick up right there. On the deck of the ship. Uh... Hey, Constance, <laughs> she, uh, she looks a lot like you. You saw that, right? Yes, yes, that's my aunt. That's, that's my aunt, the one that um, I wasn't told existed. Oh, you two might have some catching up to do. I'm just gonna, and I take one very small step backwards. <laughs> uh, I'm imagining this is like, uh, and I'm sorry for folks who don't get this reference, go look it up. It'll make you happy. <laughs> this is like in Psych when the two main characters turn away from the person yes. they're talking yes. to and yes. whisper to each other. <laughs> uh -huh. But everything they're saying is definitely audible to everyone yes. around them. Yes, it so, is exactly like that. That is what we are doing. Yeah. So we weren't supposed <laughs> to be listening. <laughs> we see the crew clearing the deck of these siren corpses and Georgiana and her yet to be named companion and, and Odysseus being freed from the mast uh, are talking to you and the two of you just turn away to have a, a private conversation. Yes. Yep. Except that they can hear what we're saying too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> private in quotes. Private in quotes, yes. Um. Yeah, that, that's my long-lost aunt. Oh, boy, it's a long story. Okay, play oh. it cool, play it cool. Okay, I turn okay. back around. I can be cool, I can be cool. I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. Hel hello, Georgiana, you said. Yes, and your names? I am Constance Rodescu. And I, like, look to see her reaction to that. <laughs> Hit that name hard. Yeah. 
You've mentioned Rodescu is a somewhat common Romanian last name, yes? Yeah, that's that's a good point. <laughs> it's very valid. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Okay, hold on, hold on. I think her initial reaction is that you look like a 40-year-old, uh, a nebbish 40-year-old. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I okay. keep forgetting that. I keep forgetting But you don't that. look like a Constance terribly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. That that's totally fair. Let's say that I take a beat and I I notice that her reaction isn't like dun dun dun. So I'm like, oh yeah, shit. Okay. Um. Do you turn back around with Jr? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, shit, shit. That's right. I don't look like myself. It's a common name. Okay, I, hold on. I'm gonna regroup and then I turn back around to her. <laughs> Sorry, I should have been clearer. This form you see before you is but one of my many forms. I am, and then I like stand up really tall and I go, Constance Rodescu, daughter of Magda Rodescu. You don't see like a, a great recognition or acceptance coming over her face. She like, she seems surprised that you've dropped this name, but she just looks at you incredulously at your current form and says, you're the Daughter of, what? I'm. You're, I'm. Yes. I'm Magda's. Your Magda's daughter. I am. Yes. Again, don't pay attention to what I look like right now. But I promise you, I'm your niece. <laughs> it's what's on the inside that counts. Yes. Even though I, I look like that. I'm older than you. I say that to everybody, not... like looking wisely to everybody. Like, really, that's a thinker, right? It's on the. <laughs> it's not the outside. It's the inside. Just, just, just go back and meditate on it for a while, and come back to me once you've really thought it over. You're welcome. It's a, uh, it's a big time move, but I guess you've vocalized it as well. But I believe we probably can take the masks we're wearing off. I mean, Moriarty took mine off pretty easily. <laughs> That's true. And I did get it back on. I have a less extreme thing because I feel like I'm already kind of outing us to everyone around us. So sorry about that. <laughs> so maybe taking my face off, it's not the attention we want to attract. I would like to try going into my Instagram backpack and seeing if I happen to have a family photo of any kind in there. I want to say that I pulled out and looked at family things after I found out that my mom had been lying to me. And I imagine that I found at least one photo of me and my mom and dad in, in that purge of documents. I don't think you need to roll for that. Okay. I would buy that you have a, a picture of your family. That's not like a outlandish thing to have. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can, you can do that. Hey, JR, what are you doing right now? Taking it all in. Just uh, okay. Uh, why don't you roll to read a bad situation for me? Oh, oh boy. Okay. All right. Loving the drama. <laughs> Glad that I am not the focus of attention right now. Nine. Uh, hold one. Okay. Uh, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Yes. <laughs> I just, that's my favorite answer <laughs> to that. That's like though. asking, like, can cool. I ask a question? And the answer is, yes, you can. <laughs> uh, specifically, <laughs> as soon as Constance says that she has many forms and oh. that she is related, the man standing next to Georgiana goes stone-faced. Okay. And he is staring at her intently. 
and his hand has gone to his sword. Okay, I will pull out the silver sword and have it handy. And also then make uncomfortable eye contact with the man next to Georgiana. Okay. Just gonna stare at him. Yeah, he sees you not brandish, but draw your sword. And, Take it out. Uh, yeah. He alternates his gaze between the two of you, realizing very quickly that you are together. So he sees me watching him, yeah. watching Constance. Yes. He's watching you, watching him, watch Constance, <laughs> watching you. Yes, yes. So we're all watching each other. Like, how's this conversation going with... Yeah, let's jump back to that. Yeah, yeah, let's see how that's going. Alrighty. I rummage around. I pull out the photo. I think to myself for a moment, well, this is still going to sound wild because I'm the thing I am right now is not in the photo, but I'm just going to sell it. My hardest sell. I like hand the photo to her. And as I'm handing it to her, I say, you have to come with us. Go ahead and give me a roll to manipulate someone. Hey, yo, isn't it great that I added one to my charm, so now it's not zero? It is. <laughs> That's an eight. <laughs> hey. <laughs> On a seven to nine, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show them that you mean it. Georgiana takes the photo and turns it over in her hands and says, I don't understand. Are you one of them? And she looks to her left at the man standing next to her. Ah, uh, frick, we're, we're already in too deep. I kind of look at JR with like the my most apologetic look and I pull my mask off. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Sorry. All right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Discretion was never anyone's strong suit. Uh, no. <laughs> it's been 35 episodes, Quinn. <laughs> I know. So a couple things happen. First, there's just several long seconds of silence where nobody does anything. And then Georgiana looks at you, the real you, and it's like staring into a mirror. And then she leaps forward and throws her arms around you and wraps you up in just a huge hug and lifts you up off the deck. Yay! Aww. This is nice. JR. <laughs> this is nice it's the man nice. standing next to Georgiana draws his sword and says who are you how did you get here I mean are you asking if I'm related to Constance no I'm not related to Constance <laughs> no we're just friends roommates really who gave you those masks uh... <laughs> uh... it's kind of a long you want to make sure I'm not one of the faceless dudes. Isn't isn't that what what you want? Is that Wait, are you a faceless dude? What's your name? And I point the sword back at him. <laughs> he looks you dead in the eyes and says, "You are no kindred." Oh my god, he's a faceless man. He's 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 using the kindred language. Constance, it's great that we're having a real touching family reunion right now. And I'm super glad you're catching up with a relative you did not know existed like six months ago. But, uh, we have a situation here? Definitely. And I, like, slightly step forward with my sword out. I'm not gonna sword fight him, but I am gonna, like, show him that I am not backing down. So it's like a, 
like a little baby step forward. Well, good news. I think we know who the anchor is, and I point at Georgiana, who I'm now holding her hand, unless she's protesting that. No, and in fact, she has put her other hand like on your cheek and just does like the the light sort of uh, familial brush. I don't think she's even noticed what's happening with Jr. and this nameless man. Right. But uh, she like l- is looking at you and says, "You you look you look just like Magdalena. You look just like her." That's not the best compliment, but I get it, and I'm going to let you slide with that one right now. Ooh. I mean, that's also like how genetics works. Yeah. Generally. But Constance, we got a bigger problem. We don't know where the hell Alvin is. Like, we can we can do the magic now, but we don't know where he is. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Did you forget about Alvin? <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a lot going on right now. I just met my aunt. Like, cut me some slack. Don't tell him. Don't you dare tell him. And I turn to Georgiana and I say, we have one more with us. We need to buy time. Tell me that you know how to fight. Fight? What do we need to fight for? To leave. I, I can't leave. Like, you're literally not able to, or like, you don't want to, so I can't leave, because I really like it here. And the man standing in front of you, JR, says, we made an arrangement, a deal. And he holds up his hand, and there's a white circle on it, and Constance, you can see the hand of Georgiana's that you're holding briefly, a white circle appears there. Ah, hey, will you look at that? We know those Also, what the hell are you, a rules lawyer? Like... We do whatever the fuck we want, buddy. We've seen your deals before. We're not impressed. Listen and- to me. You can't take her out of this place for her own good. All right, what's this deal you made? <laughs> Give us the specifics. We've actually negotiated these deals before. So go on. Come on. We're the rules lawyers. Yeah. we, we <laughs> For all you know, that's literally our purpose here. So what, what is your, uh, what's the deal? Georgiana frowns and takes a step back, and she undoes one of the clasps on her cuirass, and she pulls her tunic aside, and you can see on her torso is what looks like just a a barely healed over wound, stretching from her navel all the way up her ribs to her armpit. It's pink and puckered, and it looks like it's just freshly, freshly closed over. Okay. Again, I'm not seeing the problem here. She yeah. just uh, she just got wounded. Okay, we just don't take her out for a lot of zip lining. There's magic that can deal with that. Also, medicine has improved a lot since you disappeared. Like, <laughs> a lot. You would be surprised. Did you know that they now have a way to cure rabies? Right? They put them in a bathtub with a lot of ice. It's fucking wild. That's impressive, actually. I'm quite impressed. You've missed a lot. (laughs) She looks at this man. She looks uncertain and says, what's more than that? Oh, you two were a thing? Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. no. Oh, no. Constance, they're a thing. Uh, She shakes her head. No. (laughs) No, it's more than that. Mr. Blue saved my life. I, I can't just leave. I can't dishonor the deal we made. I don't know the specifics of how you came to know this being, but I'm going to tell you that we've dealt with this kind, and 
for the most part, these deals can be renegotiated. And I think the fact that we're here in this world already tells this being that we know quite a bit about their land. And uh, maybe you want to make sure that none of us come back here uninvited. What exactly were the terms of this? Yeah. Like sign something, like a literal contract. You know verbal agreements are binding. <laughs> if nothing else, you know from your experience with Dorian that verbal agreements are binding for pact magic. Honestly, guys, I don't want to lawyer the shit out of this, but someone in this game should look up the statue of frauds and see if it applies here, because I don't think it does. <laughs> For sure. You assume also- <laughs> human law and pact magic are the same. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. Georgiana looks at you, Constance, and looks at Mr. Blue. I think while this is happening, you notice that everything else is kind of slowing down. Like, all of the movements of everyone else on the ship are like honey, just like thick honey on a cold day. Even Odysseus, in his expressions, he was trying to follow along with this conversation, but now he's just sort of stuck almost. And Georgiana starts to explain. She tells you the story. It was the night that she had gone to go look for her papa, the night that she had gone out after him. She had wanted to go on an adventure. She had wanted to go with him on the hunt. But she couldn't find him as she was going through the village and beyond into the woods. While she was looking, she was attacked. Something horrid and dark. She would have died if it weren't for Mr. Blue. He promised to save her life but she would have to leave. He couldn't save her here. And she agreed, though not without remorse for what she was leaving behind. Mr. Blue steps up. I hadn't intended for her, but I couldn't leave her there to die. It wasn't my goal to take her, but I can't... I can't let you take her back. I don't know if the magic of this world will keep her alive there. I don't know if she'll die, but moreover, I can't let my kindred down. I can't let you leave this place with her. It's the only thing keeping all of this, and he gestures to everything, alive. It's the only thing keeping this part of our sanctuary safe. I turn to JR, and and we we do another psych aside. (laughs) I think you're right. I think they're totally a couple. Like, come on. Alvin. In the distance in a little rowboat. <laughs> we'll be all right if the wind is in our sails. We'll be all right if the wind is in our sails. We'll be all right if the wind is in our sails. Oh. Alvin. <laughs> yes? You are on a boat. I feel like I don't need to tell you that based <laughs> on the shanty that, that you just treated us to. <laughs> Uh, you're on not quite a dinghy, but a small vessel. It is bordering on the the edge of not being seaworthy, but you're mm-hmm. you're sailing out in the vague direction of this whirlpool. Has Alvin ever sailed before? No, 
He's grown up in a landlocked state <laughs> with few lakes. So how's oh, this boy. going? Poorly. <laughs> you haven't played any like sailing games? No. Okay. No, I don't think he's played many games. I think he probably found a paddle. And if it has a little sail, the sail is just luffing uselessly. And every now and then, maybe it catches the wind and goes off in some direction. <laughs> but he's he's just kind of like angling a, the sail because he's heard that's what you're supposed to do. And he's seen some pirate. He's seen Pirates of the Caribbean. So <laughs> he feels like he's got a pretty firm handle on holding on to lines and stuff like that. But mostly, I think he's powering himself by just paddling as best he can. Okay. And keeping... <laughs> pointed in the right direction is this His speed is fluctuates wildly <laughs> are you making such an effort that this would be a no limits roll do you think or is this just are you just paddling away i think it might lend itself to a no limits roll okay you may try and just get so frustrated with just not being able to like <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> he starts off and 30 minutes later he's he could probably swim back to town <laughs> okay uh then yeah sure give me a no <laughs> forget this Give me a no limits roll. That is a 10. So on a 10 plus, your body obeys your will to the limits of physical possibility. So what does it look like as you paddle this sailboat as fast as possible? <laughs> uh, you, you said it's not very big. No, it's like not terribly. It's kind of like a little rowboat with a, a little sail stuck in it. Yeah, yeah. It's got like, it does have like a below deck, but it's small. Okay. I mean, I'm tempted to say Alvin just gets out and grabs onto the back of it and paddles with his feet. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I won't say no to that. I think that's what, because I feel like with a paddle, he can't quite get that like constant speed boost. He'd just be kind of paddling, but the paddle can only push so much water. So you've made yourself into like a motor. Yeah, I'm like an Alvin-shaped outboard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. And I make (laughs) sounds also. That's important. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's like putting flame decals on your race car. Yep. It just helps. Required. Yeah, so (laughs) defying science and physics, somehow (laughs) you you doing this goes faster than trying to catch the wind in the sailboat. Yeah. Uh, And... Pretty soon, you're you're a ways out from the island. Eventually, you do get tired, and you have to sort of do your best with what the winds offer. But you're you're out of ways. Mm-hmm. Alvin, you're on this boat for a little while. Mm-hmm. Time is really difficult here. Yeah, you can't follow it by like a day night cycle. The sun rises and sets a couple times, but you realize as you're observing it that daylight is way longer than nighttime. Hmm. And even then, your internal clock doesn't seem to line up with how long things are taking. You get the sense that Mm -hmm. by yourself, without any distraction, without any danger or risk, you feel like you finally have a sense slightly of how time is passing, and you feel like a lot of it is passing. Oh, week out at sea. It's been like three days. Surely I'm hungry. Oddly, you're not. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you don't seem to get hungry or thirsty. I think I'll try to just... I can't really get high up on the boat because there's the mass is not a no, weight-bearing sort of thing. It's like so, 15 feet tall. Yeah. I think I just... Every now and then as a... And particularly as I'm as I'm resting is I just try to like 
strain my eyes and just look yawn on the horizon. I'm still wondering where my comrades went. Yeah. I know we went in together. I'm also curious if Moriarty is following. <laughs> yeah. So you get up in the crow's nest such as it is. I do think as you've been traveling, you have a general sense that you're getting closer. Okay. I think even I'll I'll say not just closer, but close. Mm. Although you don't, I don't think at this point you can see land. Mm -hmm. What you do see the other way from where you came are storm clouds on the horizon. Oh, where I came from. Yes. They seem to be approaching unnaturally quickly. Oh boy. I take some of my Greek clothing and I try to stuff it in as many little leaky holes <laughs> as I can. And I think with a storm coming, Alvin has battled with what winds there are. And facing the prospect of increased winds, I think he would just want to get rid of the sails altogether. Yeah. We get a montage of you battening down all the, the hatches and sort of preparing. And after an indeterminate amount of time, on the horizon amidst this storm, you can see what appears to be not a ship, but something above water moving towards you. Oh, this is worse news. It's tricky because Alvin doesn't have huge control over the location and direction of this boat. So his preparations for the storm has mostly been trying to be able to weather it. So with this thing coming, I think he still just has to kind of paddle the boat best he can and just keep a very close eye on it until he can see what he's dealing with. Whatever this is continues to gain on you until you do get a good visual on it. It looks like a large horse Oh, that is swimming in the water. Oh. It's a seahorse. Do you get I it? Can, do you get do you get I it? Because it's a it's a horse in the water. It's a seahorse. There's a slight grin that grows upon <laughs> Alvin's face and he says, Now horses I know. Ah <laughs> So this horse is much larger than your normal horse. It also is moving far quicker than any horse normally could swim. Sure. And it also appears to be mounted. It also appears to be carrying someone on it. And as it gets quite close, you recognize the familiar face of Jim Moriarty. Oh, man. A way better ride. This thing is now maybe a mile, half mile away from you. What do you do? Yeah, I stand up and I whistle. I wave at it. Oh, it's very clearly heading towards you. Yeah, I, fl I just flag it down. Because, of course, it's coming towards me. <laughs> I can't do anything about that. Okay. I'm in a crappy boat I can't steer. Uh, if you would like to roll to read a bad situation, you certainly could do that at this time. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I'm going to take this guy's horse. Seven. Hold one. He's coming to me because he needs me to find the whirlpool. So I'm not in fear of like my life per se here i'm kind of annoyed that he's been able to find such a rad way to travel and could catch up to me so we're in a bad situation i guess what he'd be thinking about is what's most vulnerable to me moriarty i mean yeah moriarty is a, a human being i think mm -hmm. you can see that he has a bow so he's not unarmed mm -hmm. but he's still you know sure. a normal human who 
isn't in his theater anymore, which means he can't warp the fabric of reality. So he's, he's right. you know, ostensibly quite vulnerable to you. This right. strange seahorse, sea creature, whatever it is, uh, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know much about that, but probably not as vulnerable as Moriarty. Yeah. I mean, my goal here is to kind of get on that horse thing because one, it's, it's going to be much faster if I can ride it to the whirlpool It'll be much faster Two, it's bigger so i might be able to get a better sight line on things from up there three if he still has it and i just swim or take a boat he's gonna catch me no matter where i go and four it's rad and i want it <laughs> uh okay so you're just hailing this thing down what Alan's gonna try to do is is just kind of wait for it to get close enough that he would be able to kind of swim to it or jump on it yeah so it gets about 150 feet away and then Moriarty loads an arrow into his bow and shoots it at you. I catch it. Give me a roll to act under pressure. Crap. Hey, remember when I said I should have put a plus one in the pool? <laughs> That's fine. Uh, nine, actually. Ha ha. On a seven to nine, I'm going to give you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. I think you can catch this thing and look cool. Mm-hmm. But it's still gonna it's still gonna hit you. It's not gonna go like into you, but it's still gonna like sure. pierce the skin. Sure. Or you can like very awkwardly bat it away, uh, so it doesn't hit you, but you're gonna look like a big dingus, just a real dingus in front of Moriarty. <laughs> oh well, listen, one of these is definitely on brand for our relationship thus far. So I, I just flail at it and and bat it away. Okay. Yeah, you knock the arrow to the side. and fall down in my boat. Yeah, uh, it clatters harmlessly to the deck, uh, but you can see he is knocking another one and doesn't appear to have any inclination to approach you. What do you do? I say rude, and I'm going to break the mast off my boat and throw it at him like a spear. <laughs> Amazing. I don't, I don't need it. Fantastic. <laughs> <It's> useless. <to> me. <laughs> okay, uh, it's going to be a kick some ass, and I guess I need to figure yes. out what... Actually, I think I think I'm gonna need you to roll no limits first to do this. I think breaking the mast off of your boat and then <laughs> launching it like a ballista is slightly okay. beyond human limitation. Okay. <laughs> so give me a no well, limits roll first. Okay. Okay. Eight plus three is eleven. You do it no problem. What does it look like? Well, I just I slap the arrow and I yell out like, "That's not very sporting, but fair's fair." And I just stand and I take the I hold the mast up high and I just kick it at the bottom to snap it off. Amazing. And then it's just like, it's like throwing a big javelin. Okay. back, Kind of like, you know, those old Greek paintings on pots? Yeah. You yes. know, these like pot, like these pot paintings. I think we get a freeze frame of like this scene in that sort of iconic pottery painted style of you on the yes. boat <laughs> launching this giant javelin made of a, a broken mast, the like splintered wood forming the tip. Yeah. And Moriarty yeah. with his arrow knocked and aimed towards you atop this hippocamp, which P.S. Yeah. is the the mythological Hippoc- Greek name for the, the seahorse. My dominant hand's got the masked spear cocked back behind my head. He points that directly at Moriarty, and then he does a little dab into it, and then he throws. <laughs> okay. I'm saying Give he does a... what? He dabs. He does a little dab. He does a little dab. Okay. Does a little dab, and then hurls a javelin. Fantastic. Uh, give me a roll to kick some ass. 
Okay. Yeah. I think because of your fully successful no limits roll beforehand, the stat I will give you for launching a mass sized javelin <laughs> is three harm far. Great. Oh, hell yeah. Guess what? That's a 13. <laughs> this is an advanced kick some ass, my Whoa. friends. Oh, boy. Okay. So. On an advanced kick some ass, you get to choose a enhanced effect. Yeah. You completely hold the advantage. All hunters involved in the fight get plus one forward. Probably not that one. You suffer no harm at all. Your attack inflicts double the normal harm. Or your attack <laughs> your attack drives the enemy away in a rout. Now I don't want the horse to leave. It'd be cool if I could drive Moriarty away, as in off, as in into the water. Yeah, I'll take that. Yes. So what does it look like? <laughs> I'd still assume that I may take harm from this because I didn't pick the you suffer no harm at all. Yes. You see Moriarty loose this arrow as you throw yeah. the javelin and they sort of like cross by one another. This massive log and this tiny little arrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I feel satisfied about that as I take an arrow to the shoulder. It's not sharp. The... <laughs> the mast it's not filed down to a tip like a spear or a javelin would be so i think it blows him bodily out of his saddle yeah as it were yeah and in the distance you just see this mast collide with moriarty and he is knocked full force out of the saddle into the water and disappears below the waves <laughs> Woo! i love it i love it team rocket blasting off <laughs> the arrow however does fly true and hits you square in the chest. Take one harm. Okay. Which is nothing to you. Yeah. But I do need you to roll plus tough for me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Moriarty, of course, poisoned his arrows. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that's only six. I had a good run, you guys. Goodbye, Alvin. Oh, no. Goodbye. <laughs> I had a good run. Alvin, you pluck this arrow out and the wound just closes up. But as it does, you feel this strange sensation. You feel very calm and then you feel- No, it's lotus fruit. Euphoric. Everything around you takes on almost a fuzzy appearance and all of the sounds are slightly blunted and you move like a cloud through this space now. Mechanically, you're going to take minus one ongoing while you're in this theater. But I don't lose all initiative and no. desire to leave. Okay. You have retained control over your senses and faculties, albeit in a altered state. Okay. Put simply, you are high. A little high. I think I stumble and sit down in the boat for a second as that hits. As you are sitting in your boat, you see the hippocamp starting to swim your direction. Aw, a friend. I look up with a, a big grin and go, what's your name? Hi, I'm Alvin. Its front hooves clamp onto the deck and the boat tilts a little bit. Whoa there. And the hippocamp says to you, interloper, interloper. a name a finally, name finally to, this to this mask you wear. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and it dawns on you that perhaps this horse is not your is friend. a familiar horse. I blink I blink at it and go, but Bailey? 
Is that you? And the hippocamp tilts its mask ever so slightly to reveal the smooth face beneath. The chill in the air, the decay amongst the leaves, the ever-encroaching darkness slowly devouring the daylight. Spooky season has arrived. The real monster is the other eleven months of the year. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning into episode 35 of Monster Hour. As always, I want to thank everyone who's left us a rating and review, given us a shout on social media, or recommended the show to a friend. We have seen a big spike in our listeners this past month, and that is all thanks to you lovelies helping us spread the word. Don't forget that if you tweet about the show using hashtag MonsterHourPod, you might wind up with a character named after you. Characters like Mr. Blue, Georgiana's kindred companion named after @thatguykentblue on Twitter. We're going to continue the tour of our Patreon tiers this week, but before we do, I want to give a big shout out to our latest patrons, Zen and Linda. We really appreciate your support in helping us improve and and grow this little pod of ours, so thank you. This week I want to tell you about the $25 a month Daylight Society membership. Patrons at this level get their choice of Monster Hour swag, t-shirt, hat, patch, enamel pin, dog bandana, you name it, along with a guaranteed NPC named after them. As always, you also get access to everything from the previous tiers, including our bonus recorded content and GM notes. If you are a fan of swag and you want to show off just how much you love Monster Hour, this is definitely the tier for you. That's all I've got for you this week, folks. We'll be back with episode 36 of Monster Hour on October 27th, and stay tuned for a special little treat coming your way on the 31st. Until then, stay spooky. Constance and JR, you are psych style sidebarring again as Georgiana and Mr. Blue look on. Yes. They're fuck they're totally. <laughs> no, no, we're moving up we're moving past it. No. <laughs> no. Moving on. We cut a that they are fucking. Um okay. We so, established that you think so that. <laughs> Well, yeah, but to us what we think is truth. <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay, so Constance, uh, first of all, uh, obviously, Mr. Blue, bad news. Point number two, we may have found our anchor. Point number three, we don't know where the hell Alvin is. What do you want to do? Well, right now I'm doing that thing we're very good at called stalling. Mm, And my hope is that Alvin magically appears in some way. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, maybe I can convince my aunt to, um, you know, stop living in fantasy land and come home. We'll see. But let's have a let's have an agreed upon word. And that word means it's time to bail no matter what's happening. Okay. All right. What's what's the word? Uh, (laughs) Tulip. Tulip. (laughs) Tulip. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. As in as in the flower, not like two. Yes. Okay. No, no, no. As in the flower, also a form of currency at certain points in time. That's very true. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, what you're going to convince, you're going to convince your aunt and I'm going to fight Mr. Blue. 
what do you want me to do here? I'm a little unclear as to my part in this. I think Mr. Blue is still intrigued by us talking about the deal. Let, let's see what happens. Okay. I think we'll know if we're about to get whoppered. Okay. All right. We're done with our yeah, psych yeah, yeah. style right, sidebar. We're good. We're good. Yeah. We turn back around. Yes. <laughs> so, Mr. Blue, Georgiana, I realize that it's our turn to speak. Um... How did the two of you get here? Those clearly don't belong to you. Well, we no, fell of course through not. a waterfall. That was how we got to here, here. Technically, yes. Yeah, there was a, a trunk, and then we went in the trunk, and then the trunk. No humans have entered except for those that have made packs in hundreds of years. How did you get in here? Here's where I think that we can all come to an understanding. You are correct about humans and this world, but you are misjudging what kind of humans we are. See, we have our own magic. And I like stand up really tall, like I'm really trying to like be authoritative here. Like we're humans with magic. And that is why, and I look at Mr. Blue, that is why we can come and go as we please from this world. And then I look at Georgiana, and that is why I think there's a lot more that we can offer you back home where your family is. You've spent enough time here. And then I just kind of like look back at JR like, <laughs> come with us if you want to live. <laughs> First, two things happen. Georgiana is, is speaking to you. Mr. Blue is kind of speaking to both of you. And he responds, not only did you fail to answer my question, you gave me no reason not to call my kindred and question you further. And he advances on UJR with the sword. I raise my sword as well so that he is not going to stick me with it. I am not going to attack him, but I am not going to let him attack me. All right, call your friend. See if I fucking care. (laughs) (laughs) I think we did answer your question. We said magic. That's kind of the answer. Just going to, you know, just pointing that out. My question was how you got your masks, how you entered. Magic is perhaps the answer to the latter, but certainly not the former. Technically, that's two questions. Yeah. Not one question. Your pedantry is not appreciated. It is by me. (laughs) Thank you, Constance. Uh (laughs) Constance, Georgiana takes your hand. Constance, this, this is so much to take in. You really think you could heal these wounds? You think you could get me home? I think so. Yeah. I can't promise, but I think so. <laughs> How is Magda? How is she? You're going to have to see that one for yourself. What of Mr. Blue? I, he risked everything for me. <sighs> I can't make you come with us, and I can't promise you that coming with us will be the best option, but I can tell you that you have spent most of your life here you know here and it was the right choice then but it is quite disingenuous to make a deal where you are about to die and expect that deal to be for the rest of your life and i commend mr blue here for saving you and i understand that it's important for you to be here in this world but you should make the choice that's going to make you happy, not the choice that's going to make Mr. Blue happy or me happy or my mom. I just don't want you to make a choice out of fear because I think 
Your wound is an excuse to stay here. Not a reason. Give me a roll to manipulate someone. Yeah. I'm also totally talking out of my ass. I have no idea if we can actually fix this. (laughs) (laughs) Sure we can. Sure, why not? Hoofa doofa. Cecilia has done many wonderful things for us. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to tell you right now that that's a six. This might be worth a luck point to me. That's good. Yeah. I'm going to use one. Okay. Yeah, I think this is worth it. She takes her hands and says, in this world, I have been everywhere, Constance. I've gone on adventures that I could have never imagined when Magda and I were little. We thought mother and father, they had the grandest adventures, but I've seen every part of this world. But I would trade it all to see her again, and knowing that you're out there to see you too. Let's go. I give her a big hug. She squeezes your ribs to the point that they feel like they might break. (laughs) (laughs) She is very strong. Strongly. Good, good, good. Okay. And she turns and looks at Mr. Blue. And for a moment, the two of them just stare at one another. And then not even looking at the two of you, he just says, I couldn't live with myself if you went there and something went wrong. If nothing else, I have to go with you. I mean, I want to say, oh, that's cute. But like, also, no. I mean, not no as in like, I won't accept this help, but. Is that an out loud statement? Just the last part where I make that noise. (laughs) Mr. Blue turns to the two of you and says either I go with Georgiana and the two of you or all of my kindred join me here and you will answer for your trespasses I have one question for you I have one question for you Mr. Blue I hope I'm not tipping my hand too much here but You're willing to leave here with us, so I think it's only fair. Would you be able to come back? Because we have it on pretty good authority that our world is not good for you. My pact with Georgiana should keep me safe for long enough to find a replacement. Whether I'm welcome back is another question. Well, we might be starting a ferrying system of some (laughs) (laughs) I got a new business idea. Um, okay, no, what I, what I, I think what I really say is I kind of look at him and I outstretch my hand to do a handshake. He looks surprised for a moment and then takes your hand and you feel a small pinprick on your palm and a white circle appears on it. All right. Well, shall we leave then? Although you are intransigent in revealing your methods to me, presumably you have a means of egress. (laughs) Let's go. We do. Uh, we got one more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a third per- member of our party that doesn't seem to have appeared on the boat with us. His eyes narrow slightly. So it's a third member, not with you. We got separated. Okay, it's not like we're not. Are you? Are you perfect? Do you never make mistakes? Sometimes mistakes happen. Okay, 
I think he's somewhere around here. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, we lost him and I'm very upset about it. It's smash cut over to at that moment in the tar slow time not moving Moriarty slowly getting smirched by a tree trunk. (laughs) He's somewhere. He's somewhere out there. Alvin, this hippocamp lumbers onto the deck in front of you. Its horse face slightly askance, revealing the smooth, featureless head beneath. What do you do? That's a good, good horse. You've been following me, haven't you? I have. You good boy. (laughs) Your kind words will not sway me. I demand to know how you entered, where you acquired this facsimile. Oh, this? And I tug on my beard a little bit. Show me your true face. I don't know if you're ready to see my true face. Is that your true face? He raises a hoof and the toes split wide and he pushes the mask fully off to reveal the same utterly featureless and smooth face as the tall man. I say, so you've you've been traveling these theaters just like I have, haven't you? I presume you see the doors. When I realized your deceit, I had to find you. you. I'm not doing anything. I'm just visiting. Visitors Visitors are not permitted. permitted. You should have put a sign up or something. Your presence (laughs) is a threat to my kindred. kindred. Why is that exactly? Humans Humans are dangerous, dangerous, violent violent creatures. creatures. Can only be allowed allowed in this sanctuary sanctuary under express express permission. permission. Hey, wait a minute. You were given a human a ride just a just a half second ago. That guy's not from here. Flailing in the water. <laughs> yeah, you don't actually see Moriarty. Cool. I love it when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> this kindred responds to you. He is, he is, he is one, one of our, of our more problem, problematic acquisitions, but, but under, under control. control. He has, has been tracking been you and offered to assist me in bringing you, you in. 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 You must, you must answer, answer our questions. questions. You, must you must tell us how you got in. in. The safety, the safety of, of our sanctuary depends on it. Where, Where did you get, did you get your, mask? your mask? Oh, it was a briefcase magic thing. And as far as I can tell, getting in here, there's like a whole bunch of hands that kind of welcomed us in. So again, on the sign front, very misleading. He pulls his mask fully off, and Mm -hmm. the hippocamp display just sort of falls away. Instead, he puts on a different mask, and it appears like a large, very sort of muscled individual. He's standing about six and a half, almost seven feet tall. He's he's quite a bit larger, and he is holding a trident. He has flowing white hair and a big white beard, and he points Ah. the trident at you and says, I am tired of your lies. Give me straight answers. Listen, we are just trying to return what was lost. We'll put it back. We'll be on our way. What was lost? How did you come to this mask? And he takes several steps towards you. Do I feel the whirlpool anywhere close to where we are now, or is it still like, it's somewhere off on the horizon? It is close, but like you can't see it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, say, well, listen, do you want to trade? You can have my mask. (laughs) (laughs) He looks perplexed for a moment and then shakes his head and I think grabs hold of your tunic and sort of picks you up off of the deck and is Mm -hmm. just face to face with you and says, I do not want your mask. I want to know where you got it. I want to know what you're doing here. Will you give me no straight answers? Here's what I'm going to do. He picks me up by the, the scruff. I think what I'm going to do is realize that they weren't the only ones to be able to manifest stuff in these places. Like in the Western, we manifested, I manifested some wheat, like wheat to chew on. And I guess I didn't really manifest the horse because it, it was him. But we've seemed to have some sort of control over our environment. So <laughs> I think what Alvin's going to do is as this visage of Poseidon picks him up and threatens him with a spear is I'm going to think really hard on what I remember Hermes looking like. I want to try to, I want to try to fly Quinn. I love this. This is the chaotic energy that we have been lacking. And this may just end up with me like closing my eyes and like scrunching my face up real tight (laughs) for a second and then nothing happens, but (laughs) Alvin will give it a go. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> he's debating if he's going to let you get away with that. <laughs> Flipping through the lore rules. <laughs> Is this a hundred percent bullshit? Uh, should I let you do this? <laughs> Is this yes. going to break everything? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I will allow this. Give me a roll to use magic. At minus three. Is that accounting for my current minus one from being high as balls? No, so it would be minus four total. Okay, so minus minus four. What you were attempting to do is both exceptionally difficult, and also you have literally (laughs) no idea what you're doing. No, I'm just thinking really hard about it. You just have a vague sort of understanding that this world responds to what humans want. I really want to be flying away from this guy. So... With a minus four to it, what that gives me is total a minus one. Yes, because you have a plus three weird. Because I have a plus three weird. Jesus. So we'll see. Listen, this same thing, I have the same benefit as if I tried to just manipulate him into letting me go. <laughs> wow, that's that wild. That is so sad. <laughs> so that gives you an idea of how bad I am at manipulating people with words. Anyways, <laughs> minus one to this. <gasps> I rolled oh, an 11. Shit. Minus one is 10. (laughs) All right. So the magic works as intended. Yes. Even with a full success, I am not going to let you fly. Yes, that's fair. (laughs) What I will say, however, is that tapping into the mythology of this theater Mm -hmm. and expressing the desire that you want, you feel a lightness in your feet. And you do have a sense that you could move more quickly, and in moving more quickly, you could run on water. Yes! Well, with that, I give Mr. Poseidon a wink and just say, I've got a job to do. And I push off of him, and then I book it. (laughs) And I think, actually, because this Bailey guy is pretty on to me, and I need as much speed as I can because he'll inevitably probably be faster is I'm going to wolf run. Okay, give me a no limits. 
nine. On a seven and nine, there's a consequence. I think just another minus one because the blood circulating would just persist the poison a little more. Another minus one forward? Mm-hmm. Okay. So your next roll will be minus two with the effects mm-hmm. of the lotus fruit and this. But yes. you take off sprinting across the water improbably as your boots sprout these <laughs> tiny little golden wings. And yes. Bailey, Constable Bailey, Constable <laughs> Bailey Poseidon, looks Bailey Poseidon. <laughs> shocked and then leaps off of the boat and starts riding a wave after you. And we see you sprinting off towards the horizon, oh, man. Constable Bailey Poseidon in hot pursuit.